Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The title of my sermon today is called Birth. Birth. It's pretty loud. Can you hear me? (laughs) Move over. Slide down. There you go. Thank you, Lord. Birth. The spiritual meaning of birth. The significance of bringing forth. I was thinking of this special time that we're in. And I was thinking about Jesus as we're coming to Christmas. I was thinking about Jesus' birth. That his birth in a lowly place in a manger. And I kept thinking of the word birth for some reason. Over and over in my mind. It just kept popping in my mind. I couldn't get it out of my mind. The definition of birth is the emergence of a baby or other young from the body of its mother. The start of life as a physical separation, a physical separated being. That is the definition of birth. Being born of a mother. Being physically separated, being a physically separated being. Being a physically separated being. The start of life. In the spiritual, it's the process of spiritual birth. You know, the spiritual birth and the natural birth is very similar. In the spiritual birth, you get born again. You get born. Just like you were born in the natural from your mother... In the spiritual, you get born. You're born again. I remember Jesus talking to a Pharisee called Nicodemus. And he said to Nicodemus, well, Nicodemus said to Jesus, well, how can I be born again? I can't crawl back into my mother's womb and be born again. And this was a Pharisee. And Jesus was like, no, it's not like that. You know that can't happen. You got to be born again in your heart. You got to be physically separated. You got to be spiritually separated 
for God. The process of spiritual birth is the new birth into God's family. That is being born again. Just as it is a process, salvation is a process. Just as it is a process, salvation is a process. Being born again is being saved. Amen? Amen. And that being saved is, is a process. It's something that we got to work out with in fear and trembling. Amen? I believe God... I believe God is going to birth something. That's why I believe the word keeps coming to my, kept coming to my mind this morning in my study. That God wants to birth something. Here, in this place, in the world, in our lives. Spiritual birth involves conception, growth, in a womb, and finally labor and delivery. I, I, don't, I don't know, but when I got born again and I got saved, I was a baby. I was a baby Christian. It took growth. It took building. It took getting into God's word. I believe God is birthing something. Just as in the days of Jesus' birth, the heavens were proclaiming his coming, weren't they? Weren't they? Just as when Jesus was born, the heavens were proclaiming his glory. Literally. What did the angels come down and do? In front of the shepherds. You shepherds should know this from the play. The angels came down proclaiming that today a child is born in a manger. And they were praising Hosanna in the highest. The heavens were proclaiming. But just like in Jesus' day, the heavens are proclaiming to us, haven't they been? We've been seeing signs in the heavens. Just like the Magi, when they were in their studies, they looked out and they saw the star. Didn't they? And they followed that star. Didn't they? The heavens were proclaiming, hey, something's coming. There's a birth that's going to take place that's going to change the whole world. Something's coming. And haven't we seen signs and wonders in the heavens lately? Something's coming. God is going to birth something. Get ready. You know... There's parallels in, these, in the Bible, a lot of parallels. And I believe just as in the day when Jesus was born, to today in the end days, there's going to be parallels. And we're seeing the parallels taking place. Just 
Just like in the days when Jesus was born. God has been proclaiming to us in these end days that something's coming. And I believe that something coming is Jesus' return. I mean, it doesn't take rocket science to figure that out. You know, in the time of Jesus, he had a forerunner that went before him, didn't he? He had John the Baptist. John the Baptist was the forerunner that went before Jesus. I believe, and I've always believed this in my spirit when I've read that story, even when I was a young babe in Christianity. I always believed that, you know what, in the end days before Jesus' return, he's going to have another forerunner. You know, I know we talked about this last week in our dinner table. We talked about somebody needs to get out there and proclaim. There needs to be a leader out there that's proclaiming the gospel. Amen. Somebody that's, yeah, Oliver, he could be a proclaimer, amen? Amen, he might be the one, you never know. Jackson might be the forerunner. Ephraim, Stella, Grace, Anna, Julia. You know, I think God... And I've heard this prophesied that God's going to have many forerunners in the, in the end days. That it's not just going to be one individual, but many. But there's going to be a forerunner, just like John the Baptist, when he went out preaching repentance. And I believe you're going to hear that forerunner preaching the same thing. Uh huh. Yep. That forerunner is going to be preaching the same message. And the same message is so true for today. The world needs repentance. We need repentance. You know what repentance does? It turns you from your ways and it gets you going in the right direction facing God. It turns you from the world's ways and it gets you facing the cross of Jesus. Amen? Amen. Repentance is a 180, not a 360. Because a 360 will get you right back to where you began. Right back where you started from. A 180 is half a circle in the other direction. It's like north and south, east and west. Luke 3, 3 through 6. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. I'm, I didn't mark it. Luke 3, 3 through 6. John the Baptist said he went out into all the country around the Jordan, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. As is written in the book of the words of Isaiah the prophet, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare thee the way for the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Every valley shall be filled in, every mountain, hill made low. Every mountain and hill made low. The crooked roads 
shall become straight. The rough was smooth, the rough way smooth, and all mankind will see God's salvation. Think about this. When I read this, I think of the end times. I think of the end times of this. I I think of what Jesus, what Isaiah was prophesying about John, preparing the way for the Lord and making straight paths for people, getting them into repentance, preaching repentance and the forgiveness of sins. And I think this is so pertinent for today. Look at the world that we're living in and the wickedness that's all around us. We need to get back to the gospel, the word of God. We need to get back to where the forgiveness of sin and the repentance is. Because that's what the world needs and they need to hear it. Because how else are they going to make straight paths? A voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for him. Listen to this. Every, every valley shall be filled in. You know, to me, I think of destruction when that happens. I think of like the end days when it prophesies about how the end days, every hill shall be leveled. And that's what it says. Every mountain and hill made low. You know, when you don't have mountains and hills and everything's flattened, it's pretty easy to make a straight road, isn't it? You don't have to wind about the mountain and the valleys, you know, and go around all the rivers and everything to get a straight path. And it says that all mankind will see God's salvation. Well, I'm going to tell you what what it says in the Bible in the, in the end days, it says every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus is Lord, and they'll all see the glory of God. Won't they? We'll all see the glory of God. It said that nations will come and bring tithes and offerings and worship the Lord on Mount Zion in Jerusalem. Because God's glory is going to fill the earth. Think about that. If every mountain and every valley filled in and every mountain made low and God's over there in Jerusalem shining like a star, we in America can see him. Because there's going to be nothing to get in our way. It says in the end times that we won't need the sun because God's glory is going to shine so bright. When I think of that, I think of the end days. And I think of how God has got a birth in us again. Repentance. How God's got a birth in us again. The spirit of him that's in us. I've always felt like it just before the Lord comes back that there would be a forerunner preaching the same message. You know, repentance is probably not preached as much in the pulpit as it used to be. 
But I'm going to tell you, it's so, so, so needed. How can you be made right if you don't repent? How can our spirits be made right if we don't repent of our ways? The world needs repentance. I wrote down, I need repentance. Jesus told us that just before the end, that there's going to be a great revival. That just before the end, that there's going to be a great revival that goes out throughout the whole world. It's in Matthew chapter 24, verse 14. It says, And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world. Well, how else is it going to get preached in the whole world if it's not spread throughout the whole world by the Holy Spirit? It says that this gospel will be preached to the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So just before the end, there's going to be a birthing, a spiritual rebirth of the church and of the people of God. And it's not going to be just an individual church body. It's going to be the whole body of Christ coming together in unity. Amen? It's not going to be one denomination or another. It's going to be just one denomination. And that's God's denomination. Amen? That means that there is a birthing coming. That means that the Spirit of God is going to blow across the land. Amen? And it's going to blow into the hearts of men and women. And they are going to turn from their ways. I wrote down in parentheses in their wicked ways. They're either going to turn from their ways, their wicked ways, in repentance, in true repentance, or they're going to harden their hearts, is what I felt the Spirit tell me. They're either going to turn to the Lord in repentance, and forgiveness, and they're going to let the Spirit work in their lives. Or they're going to harden their hearts, and they're going to turn away from the kingdom of God, from God, from His blessings, from His promises. They're going to have just the two options. I can see the signs. The Spirit is crying out for righteousness and truth and freedom. While the world is wanting wickedness, darkness, and evil. It's true. There are people that are crying out for righteousness. There are people that are crying out for truth. There are people crying out for the things of God. In their hearts, their spirits are crying for it. Their spirits are longing for it. While the world is crying out for wickedness, for evil, for pulling them down and pulling them away. 
Well, God wants to birth something. The devil wants to destroy it. That's why there was a red dragon waiting there. To catch the sun and destroy him. But if God didn't interfere and take the child away, just like he interfered when he led Joseph and Mary to Egypt when the angel came and said, Hey, Joseph, Mary, you need to get out of here. (laughs) It's in our skit. I don't want to ruin it. But you need to get out of here and you need to go to Egypt. Because there's an evil king out there that wants to destroy your child. And is going to destroy all the children in Bethlehem of a certain age. Just like when God wants to birth something, don't you think the devil wants to creep up on you and destroy it and kill it? Before it gets started. And God wants to birth something in your hearts today. In your spirits. God wants to birth His Spirit in you. The Spirit of glory. God says it's time to pop your ears open. Open your eyes. Smell the roses. (laughs) I don't know if that's a saying or not, but I'm starting to think of all your senses. Taste the goodness of God. You know, the Lord is good. And His mercies endure forever. And His grace abounds to those who are faithful and just. I want the grace of God on me. Thankfully, God has been merciful to me. Amen? You know, in John 3, 6 through 8, I've read this several times this morning. John 3, 6 through 8, it says, Flesh gives birth to flesh. But the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. And I kept pondering, I said, Lord, I'm flesh and Spirit. I'm flesh and Spirit. But what am I giving birth to when I talk? How I talk? And who I talk to. Am I birthing flesh? Fleshly things? You know, in my mind I'm relating, well, that's got to be the worldly things in me. You know? My desires, my evil desires. (laughs) I wouldn't know if they call them all evil, but my fleshly desires. You know, what I want. What I like. Or am I giving birth to spiritual things? Are my conversations with you building you up in the spirit or are they building you up in the flesh? Am I birthing flesh in you? Because when I birth in you, you're going to birth in somebody else. Right? 
Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying. You must be born again. You must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sounds, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. Think about that. The wind blows. You know, it's funny because when I read that, the wind was blowing. And I could hear the wind blowing outside when I read it. And the wind blows. And I never really think of this scripture much because it's kind of hard to understand. And I don't know if I fully have it understood 100%. But the wind blows. Hear that? Wind blows. Do you know where the wind is blowing from or where it's coming from? No. Nobody knows where the wind comes from or where the wind goes. Only God knows. Because God created the wind. Only God knows where the Spirit goes. Amen. I've been praying, Lord, open my eyes so I can see the spiritual realm. So I can figure out all these mysteries in your word. So I know exactly what you're talking about. The Spirit gives birth to Spirit. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. We need to trust God's Word and believe it. Amen? I mean, God's Word is true and amen. There's mysteries in it. And we need to ask God for discernment to reveal those mysteries to us. Just as the wind was just blowing, so the Holy Spirit can blow over each one of us right now. The Holy Spirit can come upon us right now. Just like it did in Pentecost in the days when, when the cloven tongues of fire fell on the people and they got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Do you think that they were... Be praying to be baptized in the Holy Spirit? No, because they didn't even know what it was. They were obedient to God's word. They were in an upper room praying. In one accord, it says. And their prayers were powerful. They were in unity. But you know what it says in the word of God about unity and prayer? It says that one could put a thousand to flight. Two could put 10,000. They were in unity. There was power in that unity, in that prayer. And the Spirit fell on them with cloven tongues of fire. Because their hearts were right with God. Right? They were right with God right at that moment. That's why the Holy Spirit fell on them. And then they went out from that moment and they went preaching the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Because why? Because they got filled with the Holy Spirit. They got baptized with the Holy Spirit. They knew exactly what the Holy Spirit was. It was like a mighty rushing wind running through that place. 
and running through their hearts and through their whole beings. And it went where the Spirit wanted to go. And the Spirit will lead us where He wants you to go throughout your life if you trust God and you obey. I believe God is going to birth a people where they're going to be led by the Holy Spirit and they're going to go into places where they don't understand why they're there, but they're going to get there and they're going to be praying and they're going to get direction from God on what to do. And this is the times that we're living in because this is what we need the most. We need the Holy Spirit to lead us like never before because we're living in a world that's full of darkness, evil, and wickedness. And if you don't have the Holy Spirit, then I pray today that you get filled with the Holy Spirit. Because you're either going to be filled with the Holy Spirit and turn to God, or you're going to be left behind. The winds are blowing wherever it pleases. Because God knows who he wants to fall upon. Amen. God knows who he's going to take the spirit of God and he's going to love it. He's going to cherish it. He's going to treat it like it's the greatest treasure he found out there in the field. It's a pearl that's worth more than anything else. He's not going to care about the world anymore because he found something. We found something that's greater than what the world can ever offer. Amen. I believe in these end times that we're going to see a birthing of a spiritual awakening throughout the earth. The winds of heaven are going to and fro. Just like God's eyes are going to and fro. Looking. He's looking. For who he can deposit his spirit in. He's looking for those that are righteous. Just like he went to and fro in Sodom and Gomorrah. When he was looking. Looking. For those righteous ones, when Abraham was praying, Lord, if there's ten, would you not spare the city? Lord, if there's five, would you not spare the city? Lord, if there's just three, would you not spare the city? Guess what? He got Lot and his family out by angels, by the Holy Spirit. And the rest of the whole city got burned to the ground, never to be built again. Pretty sad, isn't it? I believe there's going to be a spiritual awakening throughout the earth. The winds of heaven are going to and fro, blowing across the land. And they're waking up people from their slumber. We need to wake up from our slumber. Amen? Amen. Slumber means that you've been asleep. That you're tired. You have no energy. You've been sleeping. And if I wrote down here, and if you hear the call of the Spirit and answer that call then you will be saved. But if you hear the call and don't answer that call, then you will be lost. The forerunner's at the door knocking. He's crying. 
The same words that John cried. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is nigh. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. It's coming. It's on its way. Repent for the kingdom of heaven is soon to be here. Soon Jesus is coming. It's time to get right with God. It's time to level those hills and fill in those valleys. It's time to make straight paths for the Lord. Not just in the physical, but I'm talking about your heart. It's time for your heart to make straight paths for the Lord. For you to open your heart up to Him and to His promises. Because His promises are true and amen. And I must ask you why? Why? (laughs) Why? Would you reject God's word? Why would you reject the truth? Why would you live a life of wickedness when God's got a life that promises you a blessing more than you can control and contain and can handle? That's pressed down and overflowing. Why? I had that conversation with my wife a couple weeks ago. Why? Why do we harden our hearts? Why do we fall after sin? Why do we let the flesh get the best of us? Why can't we just live God's word and believe it? Why can't we just get into God's word and say this is true? Why do we have to come against God's word and say, oh, it's a good book? Oh, it's a good book. It's a great history book. You know, yeah, it's just a good book. Yeah, I believe Jesus was a prophet. More than that, this book is the Word of God. Think about that. This book is the Word of God. It's the Word of God. And we take it like it's nothing, we take it lightly. We take it like it's a good book. But it's the word of a holy God who created the whole universe. Who created you. And set you apart. And not only did he create you, but he filled you with a Holy Spirit. That is in you. And if we just believe that, and we believe this word that greater the greater works that we will do than what Jesus did. If we just believed it and lived it and didn't doubt it. And it goes back to my question, why? I wrote down here in a question mark, are you going to answer the call? Are you going to answer the call? When you hear the Spirit calling you. Or are you going to blind your eyes? Are you going to harden your hearts? Are you going to answer the call of a holy God? Think about it. God so loved the world. (laughs) 
He so loves you that he created you for such a time as this, and he wants to talk to you. A holy God who created the universe can have communications with you and is. But we got to tune him in and not tune him out. Amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. I think that we should all come up today. I think we should all come up and ask God to fill us with the Holy Spirit. To refresh us. To renew us. To give us strength. I think we should all get prayed for today. I think we should all ask God to forgive us of our sins. Help me get on the right track with you, Lord, because I want to hear from you. I want to do your work. I want to listen to the Spirit and follow the Spirit wherever He calls me to go. Wherever He leads me, Lord. I don't want to shut the door, but I want to open the door wide for the Spirit to come in. Amen? If you guys feel led to come down, I'll pray for you. Let's let's come on down. Let's get anointed with oil and let's pray. Amen? Come on down. God's got so much for us. God's got so much for you. 